1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: You're listening to KLT and KLT HD 2 on Odyssey Station. Let's do the 8 at 8 o'clock. Mike Golick. Uh, We had a conversation with him, and you're going to hear that coming up in the next segment. David Anderson, former Texans wide receiver. He's here live on Radio or he will be shortly. He's going to join us later on this hour as well. Let's get the 8 at 8 going. Yes, thank you, Ben. One. (laughs) Ben's like, move it along, pal. Yeah. Um, Jose Altuve made it official yesterday, signed his new deal with the Astros. Five years, $125 million, gets tacked on to his contract. He will be an Astro through the season 2029. Mayor Whitmire yesterday named... February 7th, Jose Altuve Day in Houston. Here was Altuve talking about that honor and that Houston is home. Obviously, it's an honor to me to have a, a Jose Altuve Day. feel happy and proud and blessed. And on the other side, you know, Houston is, is my home. I have Obviously, two homes. I grew up in, in Venezuela, my country. Every time I go there, I, I tell my wife, let's go home. And then when it's time to come back, I tell her, let's come back home. So it's, it's, it's good to have two places where you think you can live, where you think it's your, your home. So we, we're living the, the best life in, in the Venezuela and in Houston. There you go. It's good to be Jose Altuve. Two homes. Houston is home. Venezuela is home. It was cool yesterday. He had teammates that were there. I yeah. mean, he's... He's he maybe he's I, I think I could say the most beloved athlete in the history of Houston. Him and Hakeem Olajuwon, mm-hmm. I think, are the the big two uh, because both are associated with yeah. winning championships yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's
3: just the greatness plus yep. Of that. Yep. Uh, the, I, I saw a lot of clips from that documentary that was done a few years ago mm-hmm. on El Tuve, where he was uh, interviewed in Venezuela. Yes, and I trying, I just remembered that one. Maybe some people listening know. Was that entire apartment building like? Was that his apartment building like? His family was in that whole thing. I don't know. Did you remember this? I don't remember that part of it. It felt like I watched the doc. He may have basically locked down a city block in Venezuela just for his family. Okay, that was my little fantasy that I had, and uh, I don't know if that's the actual reality. I don't remember
2: that part of it. I the, the one the clip I saw floating around was one where he was gushing about being an Astro, but then the interview they did with, I think it's, is it Al Padrique who was the scout that found him? I, boy, I hope I'm getting the name right of the scout, but the scout that discovered Altuve yeah. in Venezuela, um, who deserves kudos for discovering Jose yeah. Altuve for $15,000. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was cool. But yesterday, Altuve day and a uh, good day to be an Astro fan. We'll see what happens through the rest of the offseason here. Um, two. Two. CJ Stroud. C.J. Stroud is going to play in the Celebrity All-Star Game at the NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, C.J. Stroud, presumably, I believe, is going to be here in Las Vegas today and tonight. Because, Seth, tonight we have the NFL Honors. Uh, C.J. Stroud up for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Will Anderson up for Defensive Rookie of the Year. D'Amico Ryans, a finalist for Coach of the Year. And Bobby Slowick a finalist for Assistant Coach of the Year. The big one, I think, to Texan fans that trumps all four of those is we're going to find out later today or tonight if indeed Andre Johnson makes the Hall of Fame on his third try at this. I think if if Texan fans were power ranking the things they want to see happen tonight, Andre Johnson into the Hall of Fame is a runaway winner compared to the four awards that guys are finalists for right now. Yeah,
3: yeah, Yeah, these these yearly awards especially, like Rookie of the Year, as one of our listeners pointed out, it's not like Rookie of the Year quarterbacks have a glorious history of going on to win Super Bowls. As far as we can tell, in the, in recent decades, Ben Roethlisberger is the only one who won Rookie of the Year and then would go on to win a Super Bowl. Go
2: on, not even that season, like go on yeah. in his
3: career to win That's a Super mentioned. Bowl. I mean, some of it's almost like executive executive of the year for a long time was like the worst thing to get because uh, they all got fired like a it year was later. It's like a
2: delayed fire, yeah, like yeah. a delayed termination paper. Yeah, uh,
3: but as far as like rookie of the year with quarterbacks, I mean, it's RG three, Kyler Murray, uh, the guys. Oh, yeah. Now, the guys who get it, oh, and where a lot of it's based on their athleticism, yeah. those are the guys that are maybe the biggest boomer bust stories whereas RG R- 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 3 and yeah. cam
2: newton won it back-to-back years
3: right um and cam went on to have a good career sure. but like as far as like the big disappointments i would look at so far like so far kyler murray rg3 um whereas like ben Rothsberger, Dak prescott won it mm-hmm. and deck deck was deck was more athletic than he is now before his injuries but obvious but was uh, his production was based on a lot more than just that yep three,
2: three. Uh, Rex Ryan we learned yesterday interviewed for the open defensive coordinator's job with the Dallas Cowboys so we know Rex has been on the set on ESPN for the last couple of years since getting let go by the Buffalo Bills as their head coach I like Rex on TV he's got especially for a former head coach, got very strong opinions on certain things. I did go back into the Wayback Machine, Seth, to see if Rex Ryan had any strong opinions on Mike McCarthy Mm -hmm. that would prevent him from getting that job. I would imagine the fact that he interviewed for it would mean that if he did, it was probably put to bed. But as it turns out, Rex Ryan, at least in the one that I was able to find, he was one of the few people saying a few weeks ago that Mike McCarthy deserved to keep his job.
0: Do you think it was the right choice to keep Mike
1: McCarthy?
3: I absolutely do. I mean, this guy... I mean, it, it, it's just amazing how I, I just think he's he's so underrated. Look, yeah, they laid an egg. There is absolutely no question about it. They laid an egg in that playoff game. But I mean, the man has has won twelve games three straight seasons. All right, he took over the offense this year. Well, they were top five in points uh, scored and in yards. Like Dak Prescott was was playing at an MVP level until that
2: that last performance. So. To me, yes, it made perfect sense. If you were hiring, if you were Jerry Jones and you were making this decision, would you hire Mike Zimmer or Rex Ryan?
3: Mike Zimmer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, for one, I don't know if – well, neither of those guys is likely to get another head coaching job. I don't think so. You know, yeah. um Zimmer, (laughs) Zimmer would be a guy that people would want to say, well, players don't respond to that type of personality anymore. But he's had awesome defenses up until the very end there at Minnesota. um, Guys still responded to him, and they don't like guys can still respond to tough love. But I I, I think Zimmer is. just like a more solid and steady personality yeah, Uh, and I think might end up, like I I told you, I think Zimmer could take that job and be the Cowboys DC until he's 103 years old Mm -hmm. and they'd probably be really good. And then he would like at 103, he'd get arrested for beating up a, a contractor at his house for, and something. winning the fight for sure. Remember the whole. Remember contract? Chuck? Didn't Chuck Bednarik get like the police call to his cops? because he was, he <laughs> was strangling know. a he was strangling a contractor that pissed him off or when no he was like idea. 90 years old? I uh, could see Mike Zimmer doing that. Doing that, that yeah, yeah.
2: I have no idea, but uh, yeah, Rex in the mix right now. Uh, I would miss I, him on I, TV. I, I like him on TV. You know,
3: and uh, like in Rex, right? Look, who I love. I love both those guys yeah. as defensive coordinators. They do it differently. But I, I want to say that over the course of their careers, I'll fact-check myself on this during the break, Zimmer's been more consistently dominant. Yeah, He's had more consistently dominant defenses. And I think his personality uh, tends to... Not perhaps uh, great against others as much in the organization. Well, I think
2: I, look, Rex brings some 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 drama and some glitz with him wherever he goes. I think he brings like he's like a less violent version of his father. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Buddy
3: Ryan was a hard guy to have around for a long time. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: He's but he's Buddy Ryan without the fist fights. Yes,
3: yeah.
4: four. four.
2: I'm actually gonna hit this one here uh, at number four. J.J. Watt. Uh, something he said yesterday when he was making the rounds here on Radio Row, he was on the Pat McAfee show. It's not in the rundown, Seth. I'm, I'm going off script here. Uh, the um, J.J. Watt was on the Pat McAfee show, which is about 50 yards from us here, McAfee's yeah. set. Yeah. And then J.J. went in front of some you know some backdrop somewhere and did a media session with about looks to be about you know eight or ten media people, kind of a scrum. And he was asked about being 100% retired from football, which was a A big topic during the season at one point when it looked like he was getting that itch. He said this, quote, yeah, absolutely I am retired. Halfway through this last season, I definitely was monitoring the Steelers and Texans situations, but it never escalated
3: to any sort of actual potential,
2: end quote. So J.J. was uh, thinking about it
3: a little bit. What was wrong with being in the playoffs? Like, what was the situation with the Texans that uh, that wasn't good enough for him, apparently? <laughs> I to don't come know. Back? I'll let you put words in J.J.'s
2: mouth. <laughs> I'm asking. That's all I have is the quote right there. Yeah. I, I don't know the answer to it. Yeah. I, I think he's You're just,
3: putting words in my mouth, putting words in mouths.
2: I, I was asking the question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think just taking a look at how they were doing you yeah. know, midway through the season. Like, taking, TJ's on the Steelers. Texans are his former team. He was just mon- monitoring how the season was going for both of them. They weren't surefire playoff teams midway through the season. That's for
3: sure. I guess that's where Yeah, he, but wouldn't he? Have, I wonder if uh, there were any feelers, is like just as they hit the playoffs, whether uh, it was a chance or not. Yeah. yeah, for JJ to make that decision, just like just leave the Steelers out of it. For the Texans, it would have been. Uh, yeah, it would have been like obviously he's not gonna. I don't think want to come back like after the indie game. No. Hey guys, here I am. Right, um. right.
2: Well, that's that's why the rest of yeah. the quote where he says it never escalated to any yeah. sort of actual potential tells me that he probably didn't even talk to either of the two teams.
3: CJ when he was on the podcast, the pivot cited JJ Andre Johnson, Jonathan Joseph, Brian Cushing as guys that are around and kind of talk to the team. He was he got a little defensive on the history of the Texans. He basically was like, hey, you know, it's not like it's. It's it's not like they've been bad forever. We he said we. It's not like we've been bad forever. Oh, that's and good then he brought hear. up a lot of the the old great players and everything. That's yeah.
2: really good to hear. Yeah. Cuz I still have a little bit of Deshaun Watson PTSD that I just there's a, there's like five percent of me that's like we're, there's no way we're gonna keep this guy yeah you know like yeah, he's yeah. not gonna be here yeah. and literally every time I hear a quote from him I'm like Houston's my second home I'm like okay cool yeah now we got to make it his first home yeah, yeah just to be sure yeah
3: none of this Jose Altuve dual nationality <laughs> stuff right, yeah. right
2: right right two homes no 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 no
3: none of this World Baseball Classic that's stuff that's right that's right
2: five um the more information coming out on this. Combo service from ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers that was announced earlier this week. You're
3: very, you're very caught up in all this. This new streaming service. Yeah. I
2: think there's some, some. I don't, yeah, maybe this is too nerdy. I don't know, but like I think there's you're
3: very Richard Deitch on this. Am
2: I? Okay. <laughs> no, no. I, I, no I'm no, very no. curious about it because uh, as it turns out, I, I didn't know if it was going to be some. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, which may be a lot of you, um, oh. there, there's ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers who owns TNT and TBS. They've combined. And they're going to launch this fall a bundled package of their networks. So yeah. if you're a cord cutter and you're, you don't have you don't have cable anymore, and, but you're using you know Fubo or this or that, if you're a hardcore sports fan, you like, man, I just want the sports. This this these three companies are combining to give you a, a package that's going to include all the ESPNs, uh, all of the Fox, you know, Fox FS1 and FS2. ABC is going to be part of it. Yeah. All the Warner Brothers, TNT, TBS, True TV, even ESPN Plus is bundled into it as well. Um, and I, they don't. there's no price point yet on it. I just find it interesting. No CBS, NBC, or Amazon is part of this. And so if you're like, okay, well that sounds good, I'll get like eighty five percent of the sports, this yeah. might be the package for you. These
3: are the old I guess it's uh, the notable thing I guess is it's these are all broadcasting companies. Yeah. Um where like Amazon and Apple and all these other competitors are showing up the scene where whatever you watch on your whichever screen you're watching now mm-hmm. has become way more hyper competitive. I, I guess like and, and cord cutting has kind of been like, Hey, we're hey kids, we're going hiking today. Where? The Amazon jungle. Yeah. Yeah, like we're just, we're going to go out into the middle of nowhere and get killed by it. cord cuttings become a way dicier
2: proposition, than it looked like when everybody started doing it. So
3: I don't worry about like monopoly or antitrust or anything like that, because you could could say all three of the major television networks are getting together and teaming up, and it doesn't feel like a monopoly because like there's there's so many other players in the game right Mm -hmm, now.
2: mm Mm-hmm. I wonder how this is going to do. Uh, it
3: is. It's getting closer to me just never watching television again. <laughs> sure it sure is. Or, or uh, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to pick one streaming service, and that will be my universe. Yep, yep. Which one should it be? Uh,
2: one. If you were to pick one streaming service, you had to have.
3: It's not going to be ESPN because they make me log in like every three and a half minutes. No, no. And then a lot of times, like, hey, you're logged in. No, you're not. Right. 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 Hey, they, you're
2: logged in. No, you're not. Yeah, they trick yeah. you.
3: They, yeah. They. They. They do. They trick you. Go die. If, Disney, go well, die again, Walt Disney. Here's the other thing: D- though, D- 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 I'm going to unmelt your frozen corpse and kill you again.
2: I'm legit curious how this is going to do because if you're a sports fan, you're like, "Yeah, this is awesome." All these sports things, and yet I feel like I need, every, like I need CBS and NBC to watch all these NFL games. That's, I know. that's why I find it interesting.
3: What am I going to do? Go spend time with my kids? Yeah,
2: that's brutal. Yeah, six. Uh, Nick Saban. Back to some more conventional TV news. Um, he is headed to College Game Day. That is going to be one crowded desk because everything I've read, they're not getting rid of anybody for Nick Saban, Lee Corso, Kirk Herbstreit. So Lee Corso McAfee. and Nick
3: Saban are going to have deep debates about the state of college football. I hope so. Just, yeah. I hope so. I want to see. I want to see. There is no way in hell that by week three there aren't going to be a. a bunch of gifts of nick saban giving like what the hell are you talking about looks to Lee Corso? To, uh, or anybody else on yeah. there? yeah pat mcafee whomever i don't know i think he's going to be good he's, yeah every oh, yeah, time yeah, he comes yeah. on
2: tv he's and i think belichick's going to be good wh- whatever he does in tv yeah. this year they're both very different on the set of a tv studio than they are Who, at, at a podium who's
3: going to be better on television nick saban or bill belichick
2: nick saban nick saban i, I think you know
3: why because he can do it without brady
2: uh, yeah, that's
3: right. <laughs> Saban's proven that he can succeed without Brady. or good call, uh, yeah, yeah. Good
2: call. Um, No, I, I'm basing that totally on what I've seen from the two of them when they've been on. I like Saban better.
3: I think Saban's got more versatility. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, so Saban going to be part of Game Day on a very crowded set this fall, coming to an ESPN Seven. near you. Seven. Uh, this is a funny story out of Green Bay. Uh, the Green Bay Gr- Green Bay Press Gazette has this story about a guy named Bill Port, a Green Bay resident. Who sent in, Who applied, Seth, for the team's vacant defensive coordinator position.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: He had previously applied for the head coaching position several years ago when Matt LaFleur got it. Mm-hmm. He applied for the defensive coordinator position. This is just some average Green Bay Packers fan. Yeah. Team CEO Mark Murphy actually turned him down for the job and sent a rejection letter to let him know that he wasn't getting the job. And he said this. Bill, thanks so much for your cover letter and resume regarding our defensive coordinator position. While your fantasy football experience is impressive, I regret to inform you that we've decided to go in a different direction. I hear the Bears have an opening. You look to be a perfect fit for them. Thanks again. Sincerely, Mark.
3: Damn, he slammed him. He slammed the Bears, wow, too. Wow, yeah, I thought this
2: was going to be polite. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I would be framing this letter three seconds after I got it. That's hilarious.
3: uh, Does he have any kind of a coaching background, this fella? It doesn't say in the article that I'm looking at here if he does. I mean, the closest... I've always... um, No,
2: he sells industrial heat-treating ovens to make his living.
3: Every bit as difficult as...
2: And he's won fantasy football leagues, and he played high school football. That's his biography. Yeah.
3: The whole thing is, like, winning a fantasy football league has almost zero to do with being a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Applying for the GM job or something would make more sense. Um, <laughs> and barely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, like, the, uh, the Art Pryles story, mm-hmm. which is a magnificent one. Just don't read the last couple chapters. <laughs> but... But the Art Bryle story up until the epilogue is uh, a hell of a story. But him going straight from high school to Texas Tech yeah. is probably one of the more ra- – like that. I don't know if that all – well, no, he was a running backs coach first. It wasn't like he jumped right into to being a coordinator or something. But it was, like, it was only like two or three years, right, from, from high school to Houston. Well, dude, Jerry, now,
2: Jerry Faust went from high school to Notre Dame.
3: Oh, okay, that's the more impressive yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He
2: coached Mike Golick, who's uh, joining us it's in no the next Texas- segment.
3: It's no University of Houston, but it is Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right,
2: right. It's a college. Yeah. So he spent, okay, let's see. A small parochial school in northern Indiana.
3: He was, okay, he was three seasons at Texas Tech, Our piles was, okay. when he got the job at University of Houston. There you go. Mm-hmm. All
2: right, uh, last one here. I feel like this is an annual thing, and now the fact the Super Bowl's actually in. The state of Nevada. We're in parts of Nevada. Prostitution is legal. Um, Good job by the Chicken Ranch. They get mentioned in segments like this every year. Is it not legal in Las Vegas? I don't believe so. Yeah. I I don't have the... That
3: explains the handcuffs last night. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was all part of the setup. I thought... I was like, "Hey, I didn't pay for this." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I paid for this, but not with you guys. I mean, I paid, I paid for the body cavity search, but not <laughs> the handcuffs. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Hal. <laughs> um, the Chicken Ranch. The Chicken Ranch is offering a sex-stravaganza to the winners of the Super Bowl. Oh, I would totally take them the up team on that. that, that wins the Super Bowl. That doesn't
3: sound like a setup for blackmail one bit. Basically yeah. being no. offered
2: by two of the employees of the chicken ranch. Oh, just two employees? Just two of them. Yeah. They're going yeah. to like <laughs> <gonna> be tired. They're going to be tired. Yeah. Just two of them
3: (laughs) are offering it up So it's not officially by the chicken ranch itself It's just two chicken ranch employees Well,
2: no, the the chicken ranch the, The people heading up the chicken ranch Have blessed this as well That Alice Little and Addison Gray if those are their real names,
3: yeah.
2: uh, have volunteered to provide whatever services. You know, you they, they don't necessarily have to have Concierge. sexual services. Yeah, because they've got VIP cabanas and things like that there. I Food think that, and drink. Um,
3: I'm guessing that illicit sex videos are still one of the more powerful and underrated uh, blackmail. Oh, for sure. Uh, tools in America. Today. We've been desensitized,
2: was, but not that it, much. It was
3: one of the warnings the FBI used to give us. Uh, well, as players, you well, mean? Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know if the, how they still do this. We would have a, like a speech from somebody. The, the league would have somebody speak every year, like a, some kind of like retired FBI person or security person to explain like. Um, just A, who uh, who owns a lot of the adult entertainment mm-hmm. clubs in America Yep. Um, a lot of organized crime ties to yes. a lot of them And that B, the things that happen in private rooms aren't always so private no. And man, they can wield a lot of pressure on you if and you're now, married with kids and everything Cameras yeah. can
2: be the size of a pin Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah All right.
3: I wouldn't take them up on that personally No, no, no I'm sure there's a whole morality side of it too, I guess There's that Yeah. yeah there's but then a- also, yeah Right, the fear of blackmail. That's your thing? I got too many blackmail. <laughs> I got too many. Bl- I'm being blackmailed from way too many directions. Right, right, right. I can't. Right. Like, it's, it's hard to keep track it of It all sometimes.
2: blends in, yeah. Um, all right. That was the 8 at 8, the Ocho. Eight stories to, uh, to get your day going. Up next, speaking of Mike Golick uh seth and i talked to him about the super bowl you're going to hear that conversation coming up next he's on the broadcast team for westwood one he's the sideline analyst for sunday's game a game that you can hear right here on sports radio 610 so that is next i'm sandra
0: and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me
3: Yielding Flight presents Sports Radio 610 live from Radio Row. Coming to you live from Las Vegas, here's Payne and Pendergast. Hey,
2: everybody. Welcome back in. Payne and Pendergast live from Radio Row in Las Vegas. And it's great to be joined right now by, of course, uh, he was a defensive lineman in the NFL for uh, how many years, Michael? Nine years. Nine years in the NFL, of course. And he's been he's been one of us in the broadcasting game for, for decades now. And Mike Golick joining us. He's part of the team that's going to be on the call for the Super Bowl on Westwood 1, a game you can hear right here on Sports Radio 610 on Sunday evening. You're going to be on Sideline Analyst. Duty. Yes,
0: yeah. It's going to be uh, Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner in the booth. And I'm going to be the, uh, God rest his soul, the Tony Saragusa on-field kind of analyst type deal. It's going to be my third year doing it. So, uh, And Laura Oakman will be the real pro on the sideline.
3: Honestly, I have more respect for the sideline reporters in a lot of ways because you have to – you have to get a lot of information from maybe like the worst vantage point on the field.
0: You, you do. That's why I move a lot to get, make sure I'm right there yeah. by the plays to, to see. And then to get on TV, I want to get on TV, even uh, though it's a radio broadcast yeah. with TV. So whenever there's a sideline play, you know, as players, you know this. You can kind of see how the play is going to where you're not going to get hit but still be as close as I can so I can have my wife text me and say, Oh, you were in the shots. Right. You
3: were one of those guys, weren't yeah. you? There's Six. guys that have a skill. Yes. Sean, you and I both know Troy Evans. Yes. He uh, he was he was a special teams player who was incredible at getting on camera. Always getting on. just yep. always at yeah. See yep. and that's how you ended up when you're done playing. Even even executives that might not know That's that it. much about football or oh yeah that guy I used to see guy. him all the time yeah, <laughs> yeah. <That's laughs> what
1: you're
3: the you're they don't ring. know when you see that when you've got your helmet on they don't know That's exactly but exactly right. on the sidelines. Yeah. exactly right
2: so you've been you know, you've been on the call obviously all season long yep. and for a few of these yep. playoff games yep. and we were talking before we we started the interview you were on the call for the Green Bay San Francisco right. game yep. so i wanted to start in getting your thoughts the, the theme with San Francisco, the big storyline, seems to be Brock Purdy. Right. And, and so give us, I want to get your impressions when you hear people talking about, is he a game manager, is he an elite quarterback, is it somewhere in between? From having seen him and just seen him all year long, what are your thoughts on Brock? Game,
0: game there are two, one's a term, one's a word, that are F words in football. That's game manager and analytics. Yeah. You know, everybody just kind of like, oh my God. Game manager, so we're looking to change the name. Is it game CEO? Is it game executive? So here's the deal with Brock Purdy, and a lot of people talk about when Cam Newton said he's a 10th-plus player on the team. You can't be a game changer when you're that. And in all honesty, you start breaking down the players on San Francisco, and Purdy isn't near the top of the list.
3: It's not near the but insult that it might be. That's yeah.
0: exactly right, but... I disagreed with Cam when he said you can't be a game changer if you're not one of those players. He absolutely can be a game changer because he has the ball every play. I mean, in playoff game, I believe it was that Green Bay game, when he needed to, hits the pass over the middle to Juwan Jennings. You know, So when he's asked to make that throw, he makes a throw. And it's the little thing. So San Francisco, since Kyle has been there as the coach, has either been first or second in yards after the catch. So... People think, oh, he throws a little dinky pass and the guys run with the ball. Well, number one, look at his stat about his average yards downfield throw. It's one of the highest in the league. Yeah. And number two, you throw a swing pass or you throw a slant. The accuracy you need to let that receiver get the yards after the catch is important. How many times do you see a swing pass where the back has to turn around? He's not getting anything. A slant pass where the ball's behind the receiver, he's not getting any yards after the catch. Brock puts it on the money so you can get yards after the catch. So while he manages a game because he is like a point guard because of the talent San Francisco has, he still has the ability to make the play that can change the game, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, and I guess that's where it gets ridiculous sometimes, I think, when you start having these conversations about where this guy ranks as a quarterback when the fact of the matter is, the offense in total is getting it done. Yes. And he, whether, whether it's because of his natural ability or his, his ability to get the right plays dialed right. up or what have you, he's, he's making the plays he needs to make for the most part, except he's been, he's been a lot dodgier in the postseason. You were at that Green Bay Yeah, game.
0: off, really off. Now, yeah. again, we talk about this, and it's talked about as players all the time. Didn't play in Week 18 because they had the top seed, you know, yeah. had that seed wrapped up. So he had 19 days off. For a guy who was a rookie the year before and then playing the second year, was there rust there? Was it the ball was slick because it was rainy? Whatever reason, he was off. Mm -hmm. And even the Detroit game, he was off in the first half. I think 7 of 15 for 93 yards and then blew up in the second half. But he did not play his best. But that's then a credit to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan that you have the talent around you offensively and defensively where you can pick up that slack and get the win.
2: Mike Golick joining us on Radio Row. He's going to be on sideline analyst duties for the Super Bowl that you can hear on Sports Radio 610 this Sunday. Let's flip over to the other side, Mike, and talk about Kansas City a little bit. As a former defensive player, I would imagine that the transformation they've undergone over these last few years, going from basketball on turf to now a team that's really the defense is kind of their, yes. their calling card. That's I would imagine that's been pretty intriguing for you to watch. If you
0: look at... When uh, Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay and they won the Super Bowl, they don't even get to the Super Bowl if that defense isn't playing the way they are, especially in the playoffs. You can say the same thing about Kansas City defense, especially in the playoffs, especially against Baltimore. That Baltimore game was 3 to nothing in the second half. I mean, that's it. Both defenses played great in that game, but Kansas City's defense really has stepped up their game. What Spags is doing, Steve Spagnolo, the D coordinator, has been incredible what he did to Lamar Jackson. So... What he has to do now to Brock Purdy, a little different. You want to keep Lamar contained so he can't burn you with his feet. Now, even though Brock had a couple of good runs against Detroit, he's not going to kill you with his legs. So it's a different kind of pressure on Brock because Brock's going to get the ball out to his guys. So that, that's, that's the, 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 the job for Brock. But I love what their defense is doing because the offense, this is the best defense Mahomes has had. While he's been playing oh, yeah. for yeah. Kansas City, by far, mm-hmm. because he's dealing with the most drops of a team they had this year in 33 drops, three drops in the last game, the AFC Championship game, two by Kelsey himself. So the offense has been spotty at times. Mm-hmm. Guy, I love watching those Pacheco. Yeah, run yeah. the ball, it's phenomenal.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's well, we've talked a lot about whether the Texans should pick up a free agent running back or right. not, and then you look at Pacheco. Who was taken where? Seventh round. Seventh round, round yep. right. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. He's like a cartoon character. He's like that Sonic one. Yeah. Oh, the The, 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 hedgehog. the, legs hedgehog. the hedgehog. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> His legs never stop moving in a circle. Yeah. I, and that's, that's the one thing I wonder about the 49ers is that, like, one of the blemishes that they showed down the stretch was, oh, okay. They've got really good numbers against the run. Mostly because they've been in a lead so much, but I don't know if they can actually stand up to a, a, a genuinely tough running attack. So
0: it's, it's what have you done for me lately. Yeah. Regular season, they gave up little under 90 yards a game. That was third in the league. Playoffs, they've given up 159 yards a game yeah. in their two games on the ground. I talked to Fred Warner at the beginning of the week, and he's like, you know what, he says it's execution mistakes. You know, as a defensive player – D-line, linebackers, whatever, you have gaps. Mm-hmm. If I'm a three technique, I got the B-gap. That's my gap. Yeah. Who's gap. Who's playing the A-gap? Who's playing the C-gap? One guy doesn't play his gap. Katie, bar the door. You're out the gate, right? You got a long run. So he said it's execution on our part that we have to shore up, and they think they did. But that, that's going to be the issue for them because, Sam, I mean, Kansas City's going to try it. They have three main weapons, Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, good on him as a rookie, and Isaiah Pacheco, outside of, obviously, Mahomes. So, San Francisco has got to be able to contain their, it sounds weird, yeah. but make Kansas City one-dimensional, yeah. even though that's Patrick Holmes passing, but if he has the run game going with him, he's damn near unstoppable.
3: Yeah, the one, the one thing, we were talking about this this morning, because you know obviously D'Amico Ryan's runs, the defense It's very right. similar to what they have in San Francisco, and as good as those linebackers are when you've got those wide nine defensive ends cocked out, it funnels everything to the inside. Right. And then all of a sudden, you got to defend. Those linebackers are, are huge for defending the run, but they also got to get back to their pass responsibilities. And And I wonder about Pat Mahomes so and all that. So here's,
0: here's where, while everybody's going to talk Mahomes, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, the offenses, the defenses, to me, yeah. still win championships, and a place I'm looking Nick Bolton, the linebacker, because you have two of the best tight ends, right? Kittle, who was the all-pro this year, and Kelsey. So Nick Bolton was third-best linebacker in coverage. First, Fred Warner. Mm-hmm. So you have one and three in coverage when they're in coverage as the best. So how do they protect the middle of the field? And then how do they cover when they're asked to cover one of those tight ends? To me, that is going to be monstrous in this game.
2: Mike Golick joining us on Radio Row. He's part of the team on the call for the Super Bowl on sunday um curious your thoughts we're a houston show and uh, i don't know how much of cj stroud and the oh, Texans you got to watch this year but i, I wanted see, to get your thoughts on them
0: i said stroud should, he was my number one quarterback yeah i, I would have taken him over bryce young and i'll you know and i love it when we're i'm right you know i mean because <laughs> By a mile. too many yeah. times i've been wrong so you, you, you cherish when you're right loved him loved him in college loved him cool calm collective love what he's doing Love what D'Amico was doing there. I mean, you have a first-time play caller in Slowick, a first-time head coach, a first-time quarterback, and you're in the playoffs. And and Will Anderson and what he's doing on defense, I mean, my God, is the future bright yeah. for them. So it's players, young players buying into a young coach. And, and now now you build while your quarterback is on his rookie deal.
3: Who's, uh, your first few years you were in Houston in the league, who was your defensive line coach? Uh, it wasn't d- – Padilla was his name. Okay, okay. Was it?
0: And he, he wasn't a well-known yeah. coach. He was my coach for a couple of years. In your defensive yeah. coordinator?
3: Uh, well, it well, wasn't well, Buddy. No, was, no, no. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, in yeah. Philly. Yeah. My God! Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I just I wanted to. <laughs> you went on to Philadelphia. It uh, went on to Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. Then Jerry gotcha.
0: Glanville ended up being the coach in Houston. Yeah, my yeah. my last couple of years. There. Oh, yeah, Glanville. Yeah, Jerry. Okay. Yeah, that was his first head coaching job. He used to leave two tickets for Elvis everywhere. Which, yeah, We, yeah. Heard, yeah, yeah, we heard some does. stories about Glanville. Back it's in. interesting. That was
3: like. Was that like one of the last little? old NFL type of scenarios where you yeah. personalities. Yeah, yeah. Like well, I mean, early. yeah,
0: because I went from that to Buddy Ryan, yeah. who, you know, was a personality himself, so interesting times. Yeah,
2: yeah. nine years, you got some good stories. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, Mike Golick joining us. I'm curious this, too. Your son's in broadcasting yes. now. Did you want him to get into broadcasting? Well, I mean, that's that's not my choice. I
0: mean, that's something he loved. Yeah. You know, he wanted to play football. I had two sons that played football, both at Notre Dame, a daughter that swam there, and then – Mike speaks well. He's very smart, and he just kind of leaned into this. He's very good. He's unbelievable. He speaks so much better than I ever did. He's (laughs) smarter than I am. And and listen, he's the first to admit, did he get a chance because of the name? Yes. But connections everywhere, inside of sports, outside of sports, somebody gets a chance. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you stay. He doesn't get the contract extensions he gets even when I leave ESPN. If he isn't doing a good job. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So while you get a chance, you have to prove yourself when you get that chance, and he's done it. And now to be able to do a show with him has been
3: fantastic. Yeah,
1: that's fun. Yeah,
3: yeah and you've, I mean, you've kind of been able to—I I remember listening to you do a couple interviews when you first broke away, and everything was just wide open. Yeah. And I think, like, did you did you kind of have to sit back and assess the landscape? Well, I,
0: I, I wanted to sit back and more assess what I wanted to do. Yeah. Because there yeah. were opportunities out there, but I'm like— do I want to jump back into a four-hour show in the morning? Not really, yeah. unless the thing everything is right. I love calling games. So actually the first year out, I did Westwood One games, and I did the, the college game of the week for their radio uh, partner, Learfield. So I did a college game Saturday night and an NFL game Sunday night just to see what direction I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I was doing little bits here and there. I, I was actually almost more busy than when I was at ESPN. So then after that first year, I just kind of, Decided, okay, I'm just going to do this and just going to do this and love doing Westwood 1. And then when the opportunity to go with DraftKings and my son Mike, I wasn't passing that up.
3: Yeah. So when you go, okay, so you're doing sideline on Sunday night. Yep. For the Super Bowl, are, are, are in the working areas, are there still more people that you have to contend with? Oh, like yeah. on the side. So it's, a, it's, it's so different many than cameras. a normal work environment. So many cameras. Oh, okay. w- w-
0: Without question. Just yeah. so many cameras. Now I'm allowed to go in areas where they're not. Because we're a, a partner with the NFL, but still, it's a lot of, of stuff to work through. Yeah.
3: It's not yeah. like if you were doing a noon Texans game in no, 2021. No, no, You got all the room in the world. Yeah.
0: Exactly.
2: Mike Golick joining us live on Radio Row. You can hear him as part of the team calling the game on Sunday here on Sports Radio 610, Super Bowl 58, live from Las Vegas. Mike, great to see you here on Radio Row. Have a great call on Thank Sunday you. and enjoy the rest of the week here in it. Las Vegas. Thanks, guys. All right, good stuff. Uh, that's Mike Golick, and he will be the sideline analyst for the uh, Westwood One broadcast of Super Bowl Fifty Eight on Sunday. Got Sundays. so skinny again. He looks great. He
3: does. He looks great. Yeah. If you were younger, if you're twenty years younger, I'd be like, dude, you got you got a little too skinny. Uh, yeah. But the, the, like, he's at an age now where you're like, yeah, do everything you can. He looks good. Keep good. the old ticker running.
2: He looks good.
3: <laughs> As right. opposed to when you're forty. <laughs> When you're 40, don't worry about it. Yeah. you forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're fine. Yeah.
2: Um, all right, you can hear the game on Sunday here on Sports Radio 610. Thanks to Solo Stove, solostove.com. Um, up next, former Texans wide receiver, now analytics guru, now a, a cutting edge leader of the analytics movement. And one of
3: the best personalities that's ever gone through that building.
2: Absolutely. The, David you know. Anderson is going to join us on the show live from Radio Row here in Vegas
1: next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
3: t Flight presents Sports Radio 610 live from Radio Row. Coming to you live from Las Vegas. Here's Payne and Pendergast.
2: All right, Yingling Flight, bringing us to Radio Row. We're, we're actually going to spend a couple segments with our next guest since we're a little bit up against it here in, in this segment. We went a little long with Mike Golick. He was great. Big thanks to Mike Golick joining us here on Radio Row, part of the broadcast for uh, the Super Bowl here that you can hear on yeah. Sports Radio 610 on Sunday. Also, big thanks to... Uh, low t center for bringing us out here to radio row and to bull shirts for these beautiful golf shirts that we have that you can see on the youtube and twitch streams and if you're watching on youtube and twitch you can see as well that in the hot seat here we've got former texans wide receiver radio legend and captain of industry yeah. thank now, you ceo of breakaway data david anderson joining us here seth loves captain of industry
3: i do like captain of industry yeah. he's all like you've innovative industry he's coined that phrase in houston I think no, Sean did. No, Sean used did. to himself as a cap- a captain. Sean referred to himself as a captain of industry. I, was. I per- Personally, I like to look outward. Yeah. Um, so I, okay. I put there. You're a man of you. the people. I, uh, okay.
2: I didn't say I was a good captain uh, of industry. Uh, uh, just that I was like, a- there's good captains and bad. You're more captains. like a coxswain? <laughs> Radio. Is that an actual <laughs> word? <laughs> that's, that's the guy a that's on a... that's the oh, row that's a Coxswain. Oh, Coxswain. I think it's pronounced Coxswain. Cox- Yeah, I mean what I
3: know. The guy who I thought you said the the c-word sling. Yeah, which is is like could be something. Yeah, yeah. if you
2: walk around the strip long enough, there's probably some of those laying around too. Definitely
3: a bunch of those. Uh, I was having a heated debate with Will Anderson because I was saying that his draft class of 2006.
4: David Anderson, that's David. You said Will. 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 We were debating about that class versus ours.
3: I was saying to David Anderson, the original Anderson, that the 2006 draft class, until further notice is the greatest draft class in Texans history. That's fair. And David was arguing, well, I don't know about it. It's going to be hard to beat this year. And I said, well, it's one year. And mm-hmm. I take into account, um, I handicap it based on where the draft positions were. Well, sure. here, here's the
4: question. Is Do you rank it just based on total snaps?
3: Oh, if it were total snaps, because if you 2006 total would snaps. crush a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. we have
4: basically of our what six drafted players that year, Five of them played over six years. Yeah. The majority of them started for six, seven years. Yeah. Mario uh, Mario Williams, Mario D'Amico. D'Amico
3: Nobody knows where he is. Uh, Charles Spencer,
4: yeah. Eric Winston, Owen Daniels, Wally Lundy, Dave Anderson. Yeah, yeah.
3: that's a lot of playoffs
4: That's a lot of snaps. A
2: lot of snaps. A lot of lot of seasons in the league from top to bottom in that yeah. draft. Top and, to and,
4: bottom. That's the thing. Is like, who? How do you know who the did the seventh or sixth or fifth round pick? Did a lot of run this year?
3: Not really. Like Henry Toa Toa has some promise. Um, Jared Patterson. Jared Patterson did well, but he got injured. Yep. Um, a lot Xavier, of injuries in this Xavier class. Hutchinson still has upside. Yeah. Um, and there's guys with upside, but it'll take a while. Like, the biggest thing is okay, Mario Williams was a number one overall pick. Um, but C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson at number two and number three—that's three. tough. <laughs> That's well, tough. you know what? You know what? A lot of number two and number three overalls are tough. Well, we had busts. We have D'Amico, yeah. who's the
4: captain. That's kind of like your C.J. Stroud. He's yeah. the captain. You know what I mean?
3: D'Amico's still paying off because yeah, D'Amico. There's no way in hell D'Amico was going to take this job if he hadn't had this Played, no, experience with the Texans. Not
4: only would he not take this job if he didn't had an experience, or if they didn't have probably uh, the the pick to take a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Like he he knows enough to know that like. You you got to go where you can get a guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You got to get a guy, yeah.
2: and it's a perfect marriage between these two. And I, I, I want to get your I, I love talking to former teammates of D'Amico, especially you. You're draft classmate of his. So yeah. You were in you you guys literally 06 through we 2011. We share a birthday. You July you really? 28th. Okay, I have well, a good birthday. I
4: think I've told it a number of times on this station, but we share a birthday.
2: Okay, well if you got a story about that, I'm all I'm all ears for it. But first and foremost. Just as a former teammate of D'Amico's, like well, how how have you been processing this season, watching it from afar? You got to be super proud of him.
4: I we're on a t- well, I'm on a text th- thread, and I'll tell the story after this with me, D'Amico, Ryan's, and Anthony Weaver. We all share a birthday, July 28th. I'll tell oh, you that story. That's cool. But uh, so we, I was just blowing him up all the time about how proud we are. Like there's a group of us that still play fantasy football. They're on the Texans. D'Amico just eats up our chain when we're talking during Sundays, and we've never talked about the Texans. Mm-hmm. Like we often are, like talking about like. You know the other teams, or the league in general, or or Arian Foster starting this whole kind of scripted thing that he should be getting residuals for, yeah. and, and and whatnot, like having a good laugh. But this year it was always like, dude, the boys are rolling. Blah blah. blah. Duh, D'Amico's got him like tons of compliments for him, and I just wanted him to know that like that stuff means a lot because it's like your former uh, your former teammates. That's always who you play the game for. It's the guy next to you, the guy uh, across from you. You want his respect, and, and uh, he certainly has ours. As his draft class and former teammates, we love seeing him out there.
2: So what's your story?
4: So, uh, you know, drafted 2006. Yeah. And um, you go through spring football, blah, blah, blah. And now it's a second day of training camp, and I had made a couple plays against Philip Buchanan, Uh and I was excited, and I was all gassed up, and Coach Kubiak's like, all right, we're going to break it up, but we got a birthday boy out here, and I was like, (laughs) oh, right, and he's like, like, this guy we brought in this year, he's amazing, he's going to play tons. He's made a ton of plays out here. He's probably going to be a captain on this team. Oh. Everybody give it up for Anthony Weaver. No. And everyone's
2: like, Weaver!
4: And then, and then, and then uh, uh, Cooper. Um, you know, Kevin Cooper. Kevin Cooper, who was the assistant, comes running up and is like, hey,
1: and he goes, oh.
4: and Kerry goes, wait, 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 there's another guy. Oh, no. This guy was drafted. This guy we are so excited <laughs> oh, to see. God. He's been making plays out here. My heart is pounding through my chest. And he goes, everybody give it up for a birthday boy, D'Amico <laughs> Ryan's. And D'Amico and, and Weaver start crying, laughing, and they're looking at me in, like, the saddest face ever. And then they're like, break it up. And, like, they're all just laughing like this. Because in the locker room, we he, talked about yeah, our birthdays. Yeah. But then outside, everyone's oh like, oh, Dave just got, God. God. Did, did Kubiak ever No, no find one out? ever.
3: No, I, the, years, later, I, years later, I told him. <laughs> was there a part of you at first that thought maybe they were talking about you? That he was like... Like I'm, a, I'm in it for captain. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah that's right. Exactly yes, it. Seth. The whole time, both times, he got me with the he <laughs> got me with the
4: key on two pump fakes. <laughs> I was up and then I went up again. Oh my
2: god, that's that that's that's hysterical. Yeah, and so
4: we always so we always laugh about that. But you know, and both of those guys, we we're now yeah. defensive coordinator for Miami, um, it's been exciting to see just guys that. I mean, and what's wild is people don't give the, that Texan staff en- enough credit. You got Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, Matt LaFleur. Um, uh, Robert Solid, Robert Solid, yeah. Nico Ryans, um, and probably like two or three others coming from that. I mean, granted, that kind of went to the Redskins and McVay, and that group kind of grew out of there. But it's wild to see guys my age and now in my draft class. Yeah. Now, now heading up the team. It's yeah. Uh,
2: did you – when you, so, of course, you were with the Texans when Kyle Shanahan was the wide receivers coach. Wide receivers and coach the and Yeah. So you, you had the full
3: Kyle Shanahan experience. I was, I, I was experience.
4: his first draft pick. That was his first interview at the Combine ever. Really? Yeah. So okay. I saw him grow up a little One bit. One
3: thing I read about Kyle Shanahan a lot is just like um, – Kind of how deceptively vicious he is in wanting to destroy people. Yeah, is that is that something that he had when he was that age too, or is that something that he's grown into <laughs> as a coordinator?
4: He grew into it a little bit more. His first year, we had Eric Molds on our on our receiving core, yeah. and Eric was like four years older than Kyle and gave him some humble soup every now and then. Oh, really? Um, okay. And I think that was good for Kyle. And yeah, When
3: I say destroy people, I mean
4: destroy the opponent, just for the yeah. listeners. Well, so, no, yeah. Well, no, but yeah. but the, it goes with your team as well. Like, he's pretty tough on guys. He's yeah. Really yeah. tough yeah. and. And, like, which never bothered me because he does an amazing job explaining the game. Yeah. And he, would, he, would, he does a great job breaking down a play and then saying, okay, here's where we got this play from. Mm-hmm. Here's what we think is going to happen. Here's what we think the defense is going to do. They're going to do this. If not, they're going to do this. Yeah. And here's how we counteract that. Now, he only gets in trouble when it's way off. Yeah, and every now and then it yeah. happens, but he'll kind of be like, "All right, now you have to bail me out." And here's the bailout okay. uh, for you, Mr. Quarterback. And I think that's what Purdy does an amazing job is he understands. Okay, here's what we're trying to get to. Here's my backup, <laughs> and here's my oh crap bailout situation. An emergency, parachute. yeah. And so I think, uh, but he's really tough on the guys, and yeah, he's, he absolutely tries to just destroy the other team and based on their tendencies. And and I, I don't think that's. Bad. I mean, oh no, not at all. Well, though, I mean, there. in a good way. Yeah. Like, yeah. well,
3: because the the thing that I always impressed with is that he's known for his passing game, obviously, but it's actually like in the run game. Like he they wants run the ball more than anyone. Yeah, exactly. Like he wants to take. He wants to take your manhood. Yeah. Like, he just wants to, like, humiliate you yeah. on the field. Yeah. yeah. they're physical. Respect. Every, everything yeah. starts
4: with the run. That's a whole West Coast – well, his version of the West Coast offense is getting everyone on skates, as yeah. you say. Get them on skates, get them on skates, and then you can and be, then, and then sneak Purdy out, him. and then you got plenty of time for a double, triple move downfield. Yeah. you got guys running all over, and you got – you can kittle who know how to kind of weave throughout the defense
3: what's the secret i've got a, actually a question about shanahan that hopefully will apply to the texans yeah let's let, yeah. let's
2: hit that in the next segment i want to stay with the shanahan stuff and look at this super bowl you've in your in in now what you do is your day job post playing career a lot of these guys you've yeah. actually worked with brock purdy who's yeah. one of the more prominent figures in this game so you can hang around with us for one more second. Sure. Okay, cool. David Anderson, former Texans wide receiver, CEO of Breakaway Data, joining us here. Tell us
3: whether Brock Prudy's a game manager, yeah, or, or a so game we're changer. Grill you on that, okay, yes, yeah. yeah.
2: You and Cam Newton. Um, so, Cam Newton. Yep, he was bumping around here yesterday. Put a Scam Newton jersey on Bear Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burn down the tree, <laughs> <Yeah>, poison <pours laughs> the tree. David Anderson, more DA coming up next. Stay there.